1: This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Kelly May, our Senior Extension Associate for Family Finance and Resource Management. Welcome, Kelly.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: So today's topic is one that I'm excited to to learn from you about because I know it is an area of true expertise for you. But we're talking tips to guard against identity theft. And I think identity theft is something that's always in the, the back of people's minds, but they might not know exactly what to do about it or how to protect themselves from it. So today we're really going to talk about those tips or steps that an individual can take to help reduce their risk. So let's get started and just ask, what is identity theft and how does it actually happen?
2: Identity theft happens when someone steals your personal information and they're trying to impersonate you for their own gain. Uh, So you may not know it happens right away if and when it happens. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't. Knowing a few things to do to protect yourself can help. Identity theft is often the most reported type of fraud complaint received by enforcement agencies such as the Federal Trade Commission. So it, it is very common. And it happens in lots of ways. So I think when people think of identity theft, they think of the long time, I don't want to say tradition, but (laughs) activity of certain people who uh, they refer to them as the dumpster divers. So stealing those personal records from home or business trash, stealing mail or taking information from a lost purse or a stolen wallet. Those are the in-person types of identity theft. But it's actually becoming more and more common for this to happen online now. And, and so I
1: think that's the bigger yeah. concern for folks is the online, online identity theft threat.
2: Right. So phishing is a huge concern. Uh, and that's, of course, when somebody sends you that email that looks legitimate and it looks like it's coming from a company you know and trust, but really it's false. And they're trying to trick you into sharing your sensitive information. Other things to look out for online are malware. So... Um, When your computer has uh, malware on it, it is where somebody can intercept what you're doing online and kind of take your information that way. Data security breach, such as uh, we've heard of the different stores that might have had a little trouble with a data security breach. Uh, Skimming is the problem when a, a thief attaches a device to a gas pump or an ATM. And so it, it's an extra piece of hardware that's going to capture your information when you swipe that card. So looking out for that can help. And then of course, unsecured wifi is, is another way that uh, a thief might intercept banking, shopping, or other information. So if you're using a network and it's not your home network, it's not password protected, it could be unsafe. And that information could be out there for somebody to observe.
1: So, Kelly, it's not been, well, I was going to say, maybe it's just a couple months ago, but probably over a year ago now that we had a couple fraudulent charges that came through on our credit card statement. And they were at, you know, maybe a, a... couple of different big box stores and a gas station in Florida. We had not been to Florida. They were all charges that were made um, within a very short period of time. They weren't large dollar charges, but they were made within a very short period of time. Would that be an example of identity theft?
2: It could be. And that's probably the smaller scale version. So right. I'm guessing if it was on a credit card, your credit card company was probably watching and probably helped you close that card and get you a new one. Am I right?
1: Yes, that's true. And what what was really interesting about it and, you know, when talking to the credit card company and because, you know, this is the kind of thing that I kind of um, get excited about too is just to learn about is that the, the charges were really small. They were like $19 mm-hmm. or, you, you know, And in talking with the credit card company, they said it's really common to see a lot of little charges as opposed to what you would think if someone had managed to, you know, skim our credit card number that they might go out and spend $500 or $1,000, but that the hope is with making the little charges that we wouldn't catch it, that we wouldn't realize, oh, you know, what's this $15 gas charge on here that we would just say, oh, yeah, we bought gas and and moved on. And they were at fairly common stores that, you know, we'd probably shop at anyway. I'm just one of those people that, you know, goes through my, my credit card statement to make certain that literally every charge on there is mine. But it was really interesting in talking with the credit card company. But you are correct that they did just close out our account and send us a new credit card. And they helped us clean up those charges as well.
2: You actually just gave us one of the three tips. And
1: oh, that is... oh,
2: no, 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 I didn't <laughs> no, it's fantastic thunder. because you're already doing one of the things that can protect you. And that's good because you caught it. So obviously it works. So one of the three tips is to read your statements. So your bank statements, your credit card statements, even your insurance statements, you get those explanation of benefits and make sure that all the things that show up on on those documents are things that belong to you, that you originated and they were your purchases and your charges. If you ever see anything on any of your, your statements that you don't recognize, you should call and follow up right away. Because if you catch it quickly, like you said, they can adjust that. They can take that off and you won't be held liable for it. But if you wait, if you don't catch it for a long time and it goes over a certain time period, you might be liable for that. So it is important to keep an eye on things and make sure that everything you see coming through is actually yours.
1: Yeah, and that's something that just, you know, my mom my mom taught me that when she was first, you know, kind of teaching my brother and I about money management is we always need to make certain that the money spent is money that we actually spent just so we're not giving away money to people. So tell us some other tips.
2: So one other tip is to uh, keep your information private. And so the best way to do that is to uh, not share. Be stingy with your information. Don't just hand it out to anybody who asks. If somebody's asking you these questions, ask them why they need to know. Sometimes people ask us things that you know, their company just told them to ask, but they don't really need it. So we don't always have to give out that information. We need to keep it private. So uh, shred shred your documents you no longer need. So don't leave things piled up around your house. If you have workers coming over who who might see something tempting laying there on the counter, you just don't want to leave that for eyes to see. And take other steps. So your your social security card and your Medicare card, unless you know that you're going to need it at the place you're going to, don't keep it in your wallet, store it somewhere safe. When you're out doing business, keep your purse or wallet close to you. If you use a debit card or a credit card, uh, if you have the one with the chip and pin, use that chip end of the card rather than the swipe because it just has a little bit more of the security features to keep you safe. Uh, and then obviously a lot of tips for online. So you want to make sure if you're using Wi-Fi or, um, you know, you're not hardwired to the internet, make sure that it's password protected and it's a network that you trust. You know, you don't want to do your banking probably at the local coffee shop on the unsecured Wi-Fi. Right. So right. Look for on your websites, look for a secure in the website if you're doing banking or shopping. So the S-H-T-T-P-S stands for secure. Sometimes you'll see a little padlock in the corner uh, and make sure you have really good passwords. And so use different passwords for your most important accounts. So Don't use the same one for all of them because if somebody guesses that one and you've used it on all of them, they can now go to each service and try to see if you're on there. Um, So make them unique and long and unusual. So the harder they are for us to remember, the better passwords (laughs) they are. And somebody else won't be trying to just guess.
1: So Kelly, um, kind of in talking about the passwords and you mentioned about keeping your information private, one thing that that I kind of wonder about is that often on social media, you'll see quizzes or um, little games that are a way of gathering personal information. Is that something that people should be mindful of when choosing yeah, to, to participate in something like that?
2: That's a really good point. So, um, even on social media, be careful that you're not posting things that could be clues to your security questions. So, a lot of times a security question might be, What's the first car you ever had? And next thing you know, you see a a picture of a a certain model year of car that you drove as a teenager and you're tempted to put that online. But if that's your security question, you don't want to be sharing that with the world. So, yeah, the quizzes and the things you put on social media, just be mindful that you know, a lot of those security questions are about some of our favorite things. And so we're tempted to to share that in an innocent way. Uh, but if the wrong person's watching it, it could hurt us.
1: And I've noticed security questions are getting harder. And I'm certain it's to prevent things such as this. But the other day I had to select, I think it had me select like seven security questions. And I was thinking, I don't have seven answers. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> There's not seven questions here that I have answers to, but they, security questions are getting harder, but that's to help protect us and, and our identity as well. So other tips that you may have for our listeners today.
2: So my third tip is, is to help with the really scary kind of identity theft, and that's the kind where somebody actually makes up an account pretending to be you. So if somebody has gone out and made an entirely new account, like say they opened a credit card in your name, they're not going to have the bill sent to your house. So you're not going to even know that happened. And so this is the one to watch for using your credit report. You can check your credit report by using annualcreditreport.com. And there's a phone number as well. And we'll have both of those in the show notes. So you can go to the service. You can check your credit report for free. There are three credit bureaus in the U.S. that are the major credit bureaus. That's Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. And you can get at least one report each year for free from each of the three bureaus. So you can actually check your credit reports all by yourself for free fairly often. And in fact, this year during covid Uh, last year and this year, they've extended it until 2022. In the spring of next year, you can get a free credit report. I believe it's once every week. So they have made those very accessible and you can do that yourself. Uh, And basically, again, you're just looking for anything that's incorrect or anything you didn't authorize. And if you see anything that's wrong, you can contact the credit bureau and let them know it's not right and, and get them to fix it. Uh, real quick, I wanted to note that there are companies that sell, they call it identity theft protection services, and for the most part, those are usually monitoring. It's just the same monitoring that you can do yourself for free, so if you have the time and you're willing to do that and keep up with it, you can do that without paying a monthly charge.
1: Excellent. What happens if someone does experience um, identity theft? If they're a victim of identity theft, what should they do once they realize it?
2: The first thing to do is to report it. And so you can report to the the federal government at identitytheft.gov. And again, we'll have that link in the show notes. And there's also a identity theft hotline in Kentucky, and that's 800-804-7556. And we'll have a link to resources from the Kentucky Attorney General. That's who runs the um, identity theft hotline. And so there are lots of tools and and things that can help you work through the process of untangling yourself from identity theft. So it's not a quick and easy process, but there is lots of help along the way. The identitytheft.gov, that federal resource, They have a a recovery plan and it has a guide to walk you through what you need to do. And so it's a very comprehensive set of tools that will help you work through it. You may also consider contacting the companies where the fraud happened and you might want to file a report with your local police department. And another thing you could do is place a fraud alert or so fraud alerts usually one year or with the police report, you can file an extended fraud alert, uh, which lasts for multiple years. Or you could place a credit freeze on your credit report. And so any of those three options will prevent, uh, help prevent new accounts from being opened in your name. But it's still important to monitor your statements and your credit so that you notice if anybody's doing anything with the accounts you currently have.
1: Kelly, thank you so much for for sharing with us today, just as we've been talking and you know, I've been thinking about different examples of identity theft. And I know I shared that small example of, of the beginning of, at the beginning of probably where someone had skimmed our credit card information. But I also had a former coworker who has a very unique first name but his middle and last name are fairly common names and someone was able to essentially steal his identity just by using the his first initial and middle and and last name that that ended up being a quite involved process by the time that it was it was recognized, and it was a significant effort to, to get it cleaned up, and something that was so odd the way that it came about. So I think all this conversation today is a great reminder to be mindful that there are steps that we can take on a fairly regular basis to ensure that our identity is, is protected and that we do not fall victim to, to several of the scams that you've identified.
2: Yeah, we want everybody to stay safe. So just knowing what to do can be a big help. Exactly. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT.